Amen. That was pretty good. I listened to y'all say it. Everyone's receiving the blessing. Praise the Lord. I don't know where your phone is. It's in your pocket. Okay. Is that what you were looking for? Yes. When you're married long enough, you start thinking the same thoughts. Yeah. Do you ever try that? Like, I just try to mess with joy sometimes. I'll sit in the living room and I'll just start thinking something. And then wait and see if she, if she is influenced by it and tells me what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sharing. I, didn't, I never told you that, see? We're just sharing right here in front of everyone. It's, it's a moment, isn't it? And you all get to be a part of it. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, like to continue talking about, uh, talking about loving one another. And let me... Uh, th- this morning, try to um, share with you, remind you of the the most important thing about you, and then I want to I want to take a shot at what could possibly be the second most important thing about you. Uh, and if you are if you're getting the second most important thing wrong about you, which a lot of Christians are, um, probably means that the fo- the 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 foast the the <laughs> Yeah, pray for me. Yeah. The first most important thing uh, about you is um, is maybe a little bit off uh, as well. Uh, anybody ever done the uh, the you you you're thinking one thing to say and it comes out your mouth combined with something else and you actually cuss? <laughs> I've never done that, but but possibly you have. Um, but thankfully, the uh, thankfully the Lord is the Lord is gracious, Amen. Uh, last Sunday we we were reminded of uh, this. Is, this is an incredibly important uh, truth um, that we are to love one another. Uh, Jesus in in uh, John thirteen gives us that command. He says, "This one command I give you." Uh, love one another as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. So we are not only to love one another, but we are to uh, follow the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we love one another, loving one another the way that He has loved us. Now, um, after He says that, He then says that when we do this, people are going to know. It's going to be seen who you are, that you are my disciples. So it, I think it's a powerful truth that, that when we love one another, Christ is powerfully proclaimed, and we are proclaimed to be His. And when we are seen as His, uh, rightly seen as, who, as, as His, then He is seen and when he is seen, lives are changed and, and transformed. The, um, we, we looked at Revelation 3, uh, Jesus' letter to the, to the Philadelphia church, the church of brotherly love. And he says there in that, in that letter that a door for the God, he said, I'll open a door that, n- that no one can close. There is, I think, a lot of evidence to support this idea that when we love one another, there is a door opened for the kingdom, for the gospel, which, which is what people need. It's Jesus who changes lives. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
I'm just going to keep on preaching that John 14, 6 is true, that it's Christ and Christ alone who is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. It's Jesus who changes lives, and when we love one another, there's so much evidence, I went through it last Sunday, I don't need to do it again, that that, that, that opens a door for the gospel that, that cannot be closed. There's nothing the enemy can do against it. He cannot stop it. It's 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, that says, love never fails. So lives are shifted, lives are changed, transformed uh, by, by us, the people of God, uh, simply loving one another the way that Christ has loved us. So, so then we, we um, you know, as, as we talk about this, I think we start to think, Man, that's so, that's so hard though. It's so hard for us to, it's easy for us to love one another until we slap on it the way that Jesus has loved us. Then that becomes difficult. That becomes challenging, right? Because people are annoying and dirty and sinful and, and hard to love. And we get on each other's nerves. We bump and we conflict and we offend and it's challenging, Right? And so, so then I've got to love somebody who's, who's about to go betray me or has betrayed me. I've I got to love somebody who, who just down the road is going to deny me. Right? But Jesus gave us the example. He loved Peter, knew he was going to deny him, served him anyway. Knew that it's interesting in John 13 that Judas is highlighted, right? Jesus knowing what he's going to do, knowing how he's going to betray him. And yet serves him anyway, washes his feet anyway. And then he says to us, you got to love one another the way that I have loved you. And, and, and we can be a little overwhelmed by that and say, man, that is not easy. That isn't even possible. But we remembered that, that with man there are things that are impossible. But those things, when you bring God into the picture, when you put him in the relationship, when you bring him into the equation, those things then become possible. So we believe that with God, this is possible, that we can love one another. We looked at John, uh, 1 John. We looked at 1 John where he tells us that, that loving one another is possible because God has first loved us. And because he has first loved us, we know and rely on the love of God. And because God is love and he has poured out his love into our hearts, now we can love one another. And when we love one another, there is a door open for the gospel that cannot be shut and Christ is proclaimed, and lives are changed and transformed. So, um, now just to, just to continue to unpack how loving one another can be a reality, how it can be uh, possible, I want us to, to go and look at, at John 15. Now, I know you all are familiar with this passage of Scripture, so I'll I'll read through it uh, pretty quickly. Possibly. Ha, ha, ha. I love this, I love this one so much. Uh, John 15, this is, this is you know, the, Jesus giving us this great picture uh, of the relationship 
uh, between him, the Father, and us, us, the Father, uh, and, uh, and, and Jesus. Uh, so, so we get this really great look at, at the reality that, that we are, uh, because of the blood of Christ, in covenant with Christ Jesus, and that we are one with uh, Christ as, as a branch in the vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. It's an important phrase that we are to remain in Christ, as I also remain in you, and that he is in us. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in the vine. I am the vine. Jesus again identifies himself. And you are the branches. Now we know who we are. He's the vine. We are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing, which makes you know perfect sense in in. Uh, when you see this picture for what it is, you know, a branch in the vine can bear fruit. A branch that's not in the vine, you take the branch off of the vine, how in the world can the branch bear fruit if it's not connected to a vine? If you want to end the fruitfulness of a branch, remove it from the vine. But we have been have been grafted in through the blood of Christ into the vine that he is, and we are in him, and he is in us. This, is, this helps us to understand how we are no longer two, but one. How we have become one with Christ. Now, the, the other important thing to see here is that, is that we are not the branch alone in Christ, but there are other branches in Christ as well. I am a branch in Christ, and you are a branch in the vine that is Christ. So, so because we are in covenant with him, we are also in covenant with one another. Because we are connected to him, we are also connected to one another. I'm a branch in the vine, you're a branch in the vine. We're both connected to Christ. We are also then connected with one another. We, we also look at this in other passages of Scripture as family, that we are the family of God, that, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why, you know, for years in the church, we, we refer to one another as brother this or, or sister that, and we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit, uh, but man, we ought to go back to it maybe, you know, just start referring to each other as brother and sister uh, in uh, in Christ Jesus. So, so let's do that from now on. Everybody's brother, everybody's sister. Make sure you say that before you say, before you say their name, right? Right, brother Andy. <laughs> See, isn't that cool? Kind of got a good ring to it, brother Nick. Yes, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm just kidding, but, but that is true. We are we are uh, connected. We are uh, family. So let me continue here. 
Uh, verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So, he, so he's just talking about this connection, talking about this uh, remaining, and then he throws in this powerful statement right here, ask whatever you wish and it will be, it'll be done for you. So, so now Jesus kind of brings in there, you know, when, when you're doing this, there's going to be things that open up, things that shift and change, an open door that no one can close. He just drops this on us. You'll begin to pray things, ask for things. Those things will be given to you. Those things will be done for you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, so when, when we remain in Christ, in the vine, bearing much fruit, this is going to be seen that we are his disciples. Now, uh, continuing on this, on the same conversation, uh, Jesus now shifts the conversation, not really shifts it, it's part of it, but he brings love into uh, the picture. So, so the first is connected to what he's about to say now. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. So now he's making it like a little bit more specific, right? He's saying, he's saying remaining in the vine. So here's what it kind of looks like. The Father has loved me, and I have loved you now remain in my love. Stay in my love. Well, how do we do that? How do we remain in the love of Christ? Verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. So Jesus tells us to remain in His love, and we ask the question, okay, how? And he answers that question and says, keep my commands. And if you'll keep my commands, then you will remain in my love. And he gives himself as an example. Don't you love how Jesus is always uh, giving himself as an example? He says, just like I've done. I've kept my Father's uh, commands and remain in his love. So what I've done, that's what I want you to do. Keep my Father's commands. And by doing that, you will remain in his love. And then he, and then he, adds this in here, verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So here in this is, is a completeness of joy that is found in remaining in Christ's love. We do that by keeping his command and then his joy, which, which I don't think Jesus' joy is up and down all over the place. I think his joy is complete. I think it's full, and he says, my joy is going to be in you, and then your joy will be right. Your joy will be whole. Your joy will be uh, complete. My and then he, verse 12, he's going to give us his command. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He's saying it again to them. Very simple, not easy, just simple. It's love one another and he adds in again, just so they don't get things confused, as I have loved you, right? Me, uh, uh, Christ as the example of how you are to love, 
loving one another the way that Jesus has loved. This is his command. So, so if, you know, if, you, if you bring all this full circle, he says, remain in my love. This is where you need to be. You need to remain in my love. How do we do that? We obey his command. What is his command? To love one another. So if we are loving one another, then we remain in Christ's love, which is the command that he has given. And then, little side note, then our joy, his joy will be in us and our joy will be uh, complete. So loving one another helps us to remain in the vine, and as we remain in the vine, we bring forth much fruit. As we're bringing forth much fruit, we will ask of the Lord, and He will move and do. Uh, Verse 13. I just went to 12, didn't I, Scott? Yeah, that's good. We'll stop there. What we got? Half hour. So as, as we love one another, remaining in the Father, um, in Christ Jesus, uh, obeying this command, we are remaining in Him, which is where we need to be in order to have what we need to have, in order to love each other. So, um, as we are thinking about uh, this, and we, and we recognize how this goes round and round, and how this uh, works together, uh, we continue to begin to ask ourselves the questions, well, well then, you know, what does loving one another look like, and how can I love uh, others and I recognize that you know God is my source and that He's going to help and that remaining in Christ means that I've got to be loving you, loving uh, one another. Uh, so, so you know, what does that look like and how can I better, uh, better um, fulfill this one command of uh, loving one another? So, so what I want to do is just, you know, there, there's a lot here that we could talk about. Um, certainly, certainly, we need to serve one another. Um, that you know, clearly, that's what Jesus taught us uh, in in John thirteen that we need to serve you know, one another, and, and we know that. Uh, you know, Lord, help us to do it, but we know that, um, and and certainly we need to forgive uh, one another. Um, you know, we could go into go into scriptures and and teaching uh, on uh, forgiveness. Uh, and that is that is a huge part of loving uh, one another, and and we've preached about that, and and we'll have to do it uh, in the future. And if you are going to love your brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, their forgiveness is going to have to be a part of it. Uh, by the way, you know you you want to like shake up your marriage, man. Serve one another, uh, forgive one another. Or if you're going to be married for very long, you've got to serve one another and forgive one another. Families, they, they do this. Um, so we, we know those things, and, you know, and we could talk about trust, and, 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 we, and we've got to trust. There's got to be trust uh, in relationships. Um, all these things are what, what loving others 
uh, looks like. Uh, but, uh, but, but maybe, you know, maybe before all of that, we need to just focus in on something else. And, and this may be where we drop the ball first. That leads to us having trouble serving one another, trusting one another, uh, forgiving one another, uh, loving one another. Um, A.W. Tozier makes this, this powerful statement. I've shared it with you before. I think it's true. Um, you, you think about it and, and wrestle with it. Uh, he, he says this about, and this is his quote about the most important thing about us. He says this, said, what comes into your mind when you think about God, that is the most important thing about you. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. He says, when you, when you are thinking, meditating, and your thoughts are on God, what you are thinking about Him, that is more important than anything else. I... I believe that. I think that's, I think that's right because when our, when our thinking about God is right, that translates to leading to right in every other area of our lives. When our thinking about God is off, when it's, when it's wrong, when it's not true, that trickles down and affects every other area of our lives. So, that, that, I think, is probably the most important thing about us. Um, I've got a suggestion on what might be the second most important thing about us. I'm not sure it might be. You know, you, you take it, you, you think about it. This, this may be, second to, to, to what our thoughts are about God, the most important thing about us. And, and it is this. What comes into our minds when we think about one another. What comes into our minds when we think about one another may be the second most important thing about us. I think a lot of our difficulties with loving one another are in our thinking. It's because we're not thinking right about one another. And when we're not thinking right about one another, that translates into all kinds of relationship problems in our lives. And relationship problems with one another even affect our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So this, my thoughts about you, when I think about you, what I think about you, that could be the second most important thing about me. So first, I've got to think right thoughts about God, and then second, I've got to think right thoughts about you. And if I'm, if I'm struggling thinking rightly about others, it may mean that I'm, that I'm off a little bit on my thinking about God, on who He is, and what His plans are, and His character, and His ways, and His thoughts, and His nature. If that's off, then it could mean that that could be the reason why my thinking about others is off. There's a couple uh, interesting scriptures about, about thinking and about, about our thoughts. Um, one of them we know pretty well is it's, uh, Philippians 4. I'm just going to read through some of these. 
and we'll, we'll find some help on what our thinking as people of God uh, needs to be. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. You know these, probably memorized them, probably can quote them. Uh, well, yeah, if you've memorized them, you could probably quote them. <laughs> Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Hallelujah. Do not be anxious about anything. Uh, or as Jesus said it in Matthew 6, do not worry. It's a good word for us to hear uh, because we all struggle with that. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Not only guarding your hearts, also guarding your minds. Setting up a guard and helping you in the area of your thought life and your meditations and, and, your, and your, your thinking, uh, which, which affects so much of our lives, right? Out of our, out of our hearts and our minds comes our mouth, comes, comes our words, come, come flowing out of there. We all need to be praying, Psalm 19, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, let my speaking and my thinking, let it be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my salvation, my redeemer, my savior, my Lord, my God, my king. So when we, so when we are uh, anxious and worried and upset about many things, right? you remember the story of, of Mary and Martha? Right? Martha's worried and upset about a lot of things, and so what does she do? She comes at Mary, and she comes at Jesus, because Mary and Jesus are wrong. Right? Her, her, her thoughts and her thinkings are off, right? You ever, you ever met a Martha like that? Everybody's wrong, even God? You know? Not going to run down that rabbit trail. I will eventually. We'll get there. So then he, so then Paul shifts into this after he, and, and, and you see peace. We've already seen joy, right? When we love one another and we remain in Christ's love, then his joy will be in us and his joy is not up and down or affected by anything else and our joy will be complete. And, and, and when we follow Philippians 4, we come to the Lord. And, uh, and the peace of God, will tra which transcends all understanding, doesn't make any sense, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters. Wow, Paul does it too. Is the brothers and Maybe that is right. Finally, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I wrote down in my notes, think about such things with an exclamation point. These 
are the things we need to think about. When we are thinking about our brothers and sisters in Christ, desiring to love one another as Christ has loved us, this is the way we need to be thinking. Now, you may be thinking right now, what? wait a minute now, I can't, I can't control my thinking. I have no effect on my thought life. My thoughts are just my thoughts, but, but that's not what he says. He says, he says these things, and he says, you think about these. You think about such things. So, so this idea that we can't have any effect on our thought life, that we can't have any influence over our thinking, that, that my thinking is Lord and I'm submitted to it instead of, instead of it submitting to me and what I want, I think is not scriptural. It's not biblical. Second, let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, which I think connects with this. i got to stop saying think. 2 Corinthians 10. Let me read this. Uh, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away, I beg you that when I come, I might not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. We do not. We are in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We are not We are not grafted into the vine of this world. When we came to Christ, we were were cut out of that and grafted into the vine that is Christ Jesus. So it's no longer the standards of this world, it's the standards of Christ. We we are not of those who, who seek the kingdom of this world and the pleasures of this world. We are of those who seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So we don't... We don't, we don't in anything uh, live according to the standards of this world, and we do not think according to the standards of this world. Our minds are not worldly minds. Our mind, we have the mind of Christ. Uh, continuing on. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You know, as, as you look at 2 Corinthians 10 as a whole chapter, you'll see that Paul is, is, is really talking about brother and sister in Christ relationships more than, more than he's talking about probably anything else. And where do we normally wage war? We, we wage relationship wars. We wage war with others. We wage war with one another. We do not do this uh, as the world does, we don't wage war with the enemy. As, and, and our enemy is, is clear to us, who is Satan, the liar, deceiver, uh, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and divide us, and, and uh, ruin our relationships with one another. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, so in, in, in thinking about this you know, warfare that's going on, now he brings in arguments. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought. 
What? And we take captive every thought. We take captive wrong thinking. Every wrong thought and argument and pretension that would come in and try to affect our thinking and make it wrong towards God so that we're not thinking right thoughts about the Lord and then affect every other thing in our lives. We're not taken captive by that. Our weapons are powerful uh, to demolish strongholds. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is uh, complete. We take, so we can come in and take captive thoughts and say, that thought is not of Christ and, and does not belong and I will not think on it or welcome it in or allow it to be a part of my meditation. It doesn't line up with what the Lord has said or His will. It's not honoring and pleasing to Him, so I'm not going to think that thought. Uh, hopefully, if I have enough time, we will, we will uh, come back uh, to 2 Corinthians 10, but for now, let's go back to uh, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, um, let's go back to, what is it, 8? Yeah. Good job, Scott. I'm thinking good thoughts about you right now. Yes. <laughs> brother Scott. So, finally, brothers and sisters, let's, let's tackle just a few of these. All right, I'm not going to tackle all, just a few. Whatever is true. When we're thinking about one another, whatever's true, so many people make this mistake and meditate on thoughts about others that are not true or we don't know if they're true. And if you don't know if it's true, don't think on it or meditate on it. What is true? about your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And if it's not true, I take it captive and run it up out of my thought life. And I've determined, we determine, right, that we will think of others what is right and just and true. So when we are to love one another... It can be challenging to love one another when you're thinking untrue things about others. You say, well, how do you know if it's untrue? Well, if you're asking that question, don't think about it. If you don't know that it's true, it doesn't need to be in your thought life about somebody else. So, you know, here's a, here's a good test. We all know this. Um, if you hear something about somebody else, who has heard it from somebody else, who's heard it from somebody else, who's heard it from somebody else, it's not true. Don't think about it. If you hear something about somebody else who's heard it from one other person, it's full of holes already. And it's not true completely. And you don't need to think on things that are not true. Other things that are not true are things that we perceive. 
our perceptions are not always correct. We don't know what someone exactly meant by what they said or didn't say. And we certainly don't know what other people think. People say this to me all the time, that person thinks these things about me. What? Did they tell you that? No? How do you know that? How do you know what someone else is thinking? You don't. So don't think on it. It's not true. Our thinking gets off. Right? Or we, or we go into an environment and we come out of that environment and, we're, and, we, and we say things about people in that environment based on what they did and we do, and it's untrue. We don't know. We don't know things about that, you know? I had somebody say something to me um, once about somebody. They said, they said, man, they're very judgmental. I was like, interesting. <laughs> I was like, how do you know that? And they said, well, they're, they just, you know, they just like scowl at people. They're all the time scowling at people, just looking at them, you know, and they never say anything. And they're, just, they're just judging. I'm like, you know, they, they might just be shy and don't smile a lot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. Could be that. You know, you know Proverbs says that, that uh, the case seems right until someone else presents an argument. The other side. Right? Things... things are not true. So many things we don't know and we spend so much time thinking about untrue things. And and possibly, quite possibly, the second most important thing about us is what we think about one another. And we know so little, so let's think about what is true. What is what is what we know is true. And if we don't know, then let's not think about it. Let's think about what we do know is truth. We could probably stop right there. That is that is very helpful. Look, I'm not saying it's not a struggle, right? We all struggle with this. This is why we Take captive every thought. This is why we have determined these are the such things that I'm going to think about. I've got to do this to myself as well. Right? I've got to settle down and, 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 and start evaluating my thoughts and say, why am I thinking this about that, about that person? And then work through the process and, and, and identify, well, that's not true. I don't know if that's true. And I don't know if that's true. And I don't know if this is true. And so... There's so much I don't know that's true, I'm going to throw all that out. And usually when I throw all that out, everything that, that, that was troubling my thoughts is gone. Got to think on what is true. Then he says, uh, then he says whatever's noble, think about, think about whatever uh, is, is noble. We need to, when it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, we need to remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, that I am a royal priesthood and that you are a royal priesthood. I'm a kingdom of God child and you are a kingdom of God child. So we think, uh, we think kingdom of God people thinking about kingdom of God people. I am thinking about someone whose faith and trust is in the Lord. Uh, 
And we're doing all of this because we want to we we live out the, the one command to love one another the way that Christ has loved us. Whatever is true, whatever is whatever's noble, uh, think about each other as royalty. Uh, th- re- remember why we are royalty, because of the blood of Christ, because he went to the cross, uh, because, of, because of his love for each and every one of us. I'm, I'm royalty not because of anything I have done, but because of the grace of God, and so are you. Uh, think about whatever's true. Think about whatever's noble. Think about whatever is, is right. You know, what, what is the... What is the right in your thinking? What is the right thing to do? Right? If there has been offense, if there has been a bump, if there, if there is uh, trouble, uh, if, someone, if, if something that uh, is about someone is actually true, something wrong about someone is actually true, if they did actually do something, what's the right thing to do? What is the right course of action? Don't, don't think about all the wrong, right? Think about the right, right? Start running verses over in your mind like, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Just let God have what he will have, or, or, or do not judge, or you will uh, be judged. Think about what's the right course of action. You know, think about, a, think about forgiveness, Forgiveness is the right course of action. Think about reconciliation. That's the right course of action. Think about bless. That's the right course of action. So we're, we're meditating on what is right and all the wrong thoughts that come into our mind. The way that the world would do things, we take those captive and we throw them out of our thinking and we think about such things. All right, so let me just lump the rest of these together here. Whatever's pure, let's think about that. Whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Like if you, if you do this, you eliminate a lot of the junk in your life and you will think about others rightly, which may be the second most important thing about you. Thinking rightly about others. When I, when I think about pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, I, I, I think I think of beauty. All of those things are so beautiful. You think pure, you think beautiful. When you think lovely, you think beautiful or admirable, you know, beautiful and, and praiseworthy and excellent. And, uh, and, it, and it reminds me uh, of, uh, of, of Ecclesiastes 3, where we remember that we don't know what God is doing from the beginning to the end, but He is working, and in His time, He's making all things beautiful. So when we think about others, remember that God is on the move. Remember that He is at work, and we don't know how He's doing it or what He's doing, and we can't see from beginning to end how it's going to work about. But God, when He works, makes things beautiful. And when God is at work on one of His children, He is working to make them beautiful. Romans 14, you know, don't, don't judge another's servant and we are God's servant, and they will stand, for God is able to make them stand. Remember, he's at work, and his work is beautiful. And allow your thinking then to lead your prayers, and pray the beauty working of the Lord on uh, somebody's life. Anything praiseworthy, excellent, beautiful, right, just, true, think about such things. The second most important thing about us may be 
may be what we think about our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We need right thinking. Let me, uh, let me go back to 2 Corinthians 10. I just want to, I just want to finish reading that, that chapter. Try to do it quick. And a, a closing thought in prayer. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, what did we leave off on, Scott? Um, 7? 7. You are judging by appearance. We've talked about that. That's, that's not for us. Because appearance can be so off. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. Right? Noble, royal. We, we are all together in Christ Jesus. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority. Listen, I love this. Paul says, I boast freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down. I will not be ashamed of it. He says, there's an anointing and authority and a, a blessing on us to build one another up, not to tear one another down. God has called us to build each other up. We're to build up our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, to love one another, not to tear each other down. Not only is there a call, we've got an anointing and an authority on our lives to do it. He said, I'll, I'll boast about that and not be ashamed of it. I'm, I'm ashamed of the opposite of it. I'm not ashamed to build you up. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters, for some say uh, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive, uh, and his speaking amounts to nothing. <laughs> see, see their words coming out of their thinking? They've probably never even met Paul, but the, they've heard this about him, and they're thinking that and then saying it. Uh, Eleven. Such people should realize that what we are in our letters when we are absent, uh, we will be in our actions when we are present. He's, he's getting somewhere. Um, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone, uh, with, with some who commend themselves. There's this commending of themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. A lot of times when our, when our thinking is, is wrong about others, it's, it's, because, it's because we're all about ourselves. Pride and, and, and selfishness and comparing ourselves with ourselves and with others and all of this is not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond the proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of serving God himself as assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you, serving God, serving you, you serving God, you serving others. We are not going too far in our boasting 
as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did uh, get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Uh, Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. Wanting the, wanting the gospel to come to you and grow and a door to be open to the gospel beyond you so that the gospel will continue to grow. So, so that we can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory, but let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what we say about ourselves or what someone else has to say about us. It doesn't even necessarily uh, matter. I mean, I mean, all of these things affect one another, but what we think about ourselves or what someone else thinks about us. It's what the Lord has to say. It's whom the Lord commends. It's what the Lord thinks. And maybe we recognize someone else and say, They should not be commended, but God has clearly laid his hand upon them and called them to be uh, his servant. Or maybe we think this about ourselves. The the important thing is, is that we don't control our thinking. After I just told you to control your thinking, now tell you to not control your thinking. But we surrender our thinking to the control of the Holy Spirit. We, cons- we surrender our thought life to the control of the Lord. And don't, don't think so much about ourselves and commend ourselves so much that we would take our thinking into our own hands. We place it and surrender it and submit it to the Lord. So my thought life is submitted to God in His hands. And when I submit my, my thought life to Him, my thinking to Him, then His holy scriptures and His Holy Spirit are going to lead me to think whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure and trustworthy and good and acceptable, going to lead my thinking when it comes to him and lead my thinking when it comes to others. And you will find that when your thinking about others is right, it's going to empower you to love them the way that Christ loves them, the way that Christ has loved you. You can love one another, when we are thinking right about the Father, and when we are thinking right about one another, and when we are thinking right about others and loving one another the way that Christ has loved them, a door is open for the gospel that cannot be closed. Let's pray.
Lord, we know that this is a difficult thing for us. Our thought life so easily gets out of whack and off balance. And, and we, I think of, of Psalm 12 where, where the psalmist just cries out, Help me, Lord. Help, Lord. We need your help, Lord. We need your help to, to help us to think right thoughts about you and to help us to think rightly about one another. Help us to see you, Lord, for who you are and every day to know you more and more. Help us to recognize when our thoughts about you are right and Holy Spirit, help us to recognize when they're off and take them captive so that they are every thought submitted to Christ Jesus. Lord, help us not only to do this when, our, when it comes to you, but help us to do this when it comes to one another. Let us think rightly of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We recognize that, that we need you to do this. And so today, Lord, we just surrender and submit our thoughts to you and ask you, Lord, to rule and reign again in our, in our hearts and in our minds, that your joy and your peace would fill our hearts, would fill our thinking, and that you would lead us to think about what is right, just, true, pure, lovely, admirable, noble. Lead our thoughts. Let us think about such things. Lord, help us to get the first most important thing about us right and the second most important thing about us right how we think about you, and how we think about one another. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just ask you this morning, if, if you've not surrendered your heart to Christ and put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you just raise your hand, I'd just like to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching online, wherever you may be, just and, and you want to, Put your faith in Christ and have Him change your heart, your thoughts, your speaking, your life. And Just raise your hand uh, right there where you are and pray with us. We're going to pray together. Just join with us and pray. Pray this prayer from your heart and just invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are life, that you alone can change me can save me. I open my heart. I ask you to come in. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Change and transform my life. I pray this in your holy name. The name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Think rightly about one another and love one another, and let Christ be proclaimed. God bless you. Uh, Have a great uh, Sunday afternoon. Beautiful, I think it's beautiful. Enjoy the beautiful uh, sunshine and uh, cold weather. Have a great week. God bless.